Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We are so happy that you could be here. We think that this message is going to be something that you need to hear. So whatever you are doing, wherever you are, enjoy. Uh, My name is Harrison. I'm the pastor here. And uh, we just want you to know there is literally anywhere in the entire world that you could be right now. Anyone know that? Like literally anywhere that you can be. But I think that God has ordained it for you to be here today. I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think you came here because someone invited you. I think you came here because God needed you here today for this purpose. And uh, I really need that water because I'm just like, I was just singing, God. You take what the, I was just singing. Uh, We always start by reading the passage of scripture. So if you have a Bible, um, you can follow along. It's going to be on the screen behind me. It's found in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. It's going to set the backdrop. It says this. It says, Levi held a great banquet for Jesus. Thank you so much. For Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, someone listen to this, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. One thing I've always prided myself on is uh, I have tremendous vision. And uh, I'm speaking about my eyesight now. (laughs) It's it's just, it's always been a point of like something I'm proud of. Like I have fantastic vision. Like I've never in my life needed glasses. I never say I didn't wear glasses. I never needed glasses. In the third grade, there was a brief season where my sister had glasses. And even though they were red and she looked really weird, I was like, I need me some glasses. And so I kind of like pretended I used to get headaches and stuff. But as soon as I got those glasses, as soon as I got my glasses, I never wore them again. Because like, I don't want to wear these things. Why would I want to wear them? But my vision like it's always been, it's been legit. Like 2020, come on somebody. And so one thing that's been kind of weird recently, and it's like how I know I'm kind of getting older, um, just things in the distance, like, and it kind of started right here. There's a, there's a screen up on the back, um, if you guys can see it back there, and all our beautiful team back there. But I started to notice, like, I can't read the words that well, right? And so, like, I'm, like, kind of scared because things that were once clear are kind of... But, like, it's nothing too serious. Like, right in front of me, I can see all y'alls, and it's good, and I got to keep my reputation up, 2020. Uh, but a few weeks back, Christy, um, she came to me, or a few months, I would say, and she was just like, hey... Um, we have some benefits for an optometrist and they're gonna run out soon, so you might as well just use them because we got some money. And so I'm like, girl, you know who I am? This is 2020 you're talking to. But I was like, all right, I'll do it. And so I went to uh, the optometrist a few weeks back and uh, they asked me a question. They're like, do you know when the last time you were here was? And I'm like, I have no idea. And the correct answer was 2006. And so I hadn't had my eyes checked in a long time. So I went into the, to the, uh, the doctor's room, and um, when I was younger, this was always a point of, like, really, like, I felt really proud when they'd have the, the, the letters in front of you, and, I, like, it was like a game to me, right? Like, LMPQZ next. <laughs> and so I went into the, the optometrist's room, and uh, <laughs> this time, so they started with my left eye, and uh, they did the thing, and uh, I was just crushing it. I was like, LMPQ's at next, farther, next, LPQ, V, next. And I was just like crushing it with my left eye. 
And I'm like, 2020 still. Like, I, must, I don't know what my worries are. And then he switched over to my right eye. And it starts with like the, the, the kind of standard one. And I'm like, okay, LMPQ, next. And then he goes to the next one. And I've experienced something that I've never experienced in my life. It was blurry. And, and I started and I was like, the, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, and, and you guys, all y'all blind people, you can agree with me. <laughs> all of a sudden, like, the letters kind of all started merging into one and like, I couldn't see it anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh. And, and it was super scary because for the first time in my life, I was like, now I know what these people experience. <laughs> I know what it's like when my wife wakes up and doesn't have her contacts in. And it, it was just, it was really blurry and it was scary. And it, it was scary for me because I've never experienced being right in front of something, looking at something and not being able to distinguish what it is. It was super scary. And so now some of you may be uh, able to know kind of where we're going this morning. Um, this morning uh, at our church, for the very first time in the history of Kingdom Church, we are having what we call Vision Saturday. And what we're doing today is we are laying out the vision that God has for us as a church. You see, one thing that I've realized is that if you do not know where you're going, if you can't see what's in front of you, that's scary. And anything that is functioning in the way that is meant to function, you should always have a clear picture. Our eyes are meant to function in a way where we see things clearly. The only reason we need glasses is to correct the way it was actually supposed to be. You guys see what I'm saying? And in life, for the most part, when we see things that, that, that are blurry, we see things that uh, don't have a clear direction, whether it be relationships or with our job, for the most part, we'll do something to correct it. Because no one likes to go in a direction but have no idea what's happening. But what happens, I think, when it comes to church is that for a lot of people, we're content not knowing what happens next. We're content to say, I'm going to just show up, whatever happens, happens. I know there's a service once a week, and that's good. And maybe you grew up in a church culture where that's what's what happened. You just showed up and, and you knew it was going to happen and there was never really any direction, never really any purpose. But what I believe that God is calling us to do here at Kingdom Church as we enter into our second year, come on somebody, is that God wants us to know exactly what he has for us. And so what we're going to do this morning is we are going to lay out the vision for Kingdom Church for the next year what we believe that God is sending us, where he's going to take us. Now listen, if you're a guest, if you're here for the first time, you're saying to yourself, was this really the weekend to show up? Yes, it was. I'm still going to preach because I'm always preaching, but it's going to be a little bit different. And so if you're a guest, you actually picked the perfect time to come here because you're going to find out what we're all about, what we're doing, where God has taken us, and you can make the decision and say, hey, I think I kind of like that. I think that's kind of what I, I want to see my life go. And so this morning, what we're going to do for Vision Saturday is we're going to push forward and see where God is taking us as a church. And some of you are saying to yourself, why today? What's so special about today, September 7th? It's twofold. Number one, September is a new season. For, for a lot of us, like September is actually more of a new year than January. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like January is fine, but really it's like winter to winter. Nothing changes. But September, like everything changes. The weather's changing. Some of you guys got kids going back to school. Some of you guys are in university. You're going back to school. You're in high school. You're, everything's changing. It's a new season. And the way that God works, God always works in seasons. 
And so what God wants to do is God wants to take us on a new season and a new journey as a church. And that's why I said the, the word that Lael shared was prophetic because I didn't say a word to Lael. And he started talking about seasons. God's about to take us somewhere. Fall is a new season. And here's the second thing as well. We're about to enter into year two of our church. It's crazy to believe. It's crazy to look back and think like, oh my gosh, I can't believe God's taken us a year. This thing started in my basement. Look, what, look at us now. Come on, look at me now. But God has been so good and he's been so faithful. And there's just stories of God's faithfulness. I'm, I'm going to share a little bit of what God is doing. But I've just felt in my spirit these last couple of weeks, the Lord speaking to me and preparing my heart, preparing our team because God is about to move in this place. And the word that God has given me is that as great as year one has been, year one's been fantastic. Some of you guys have experienced Jesus in year one. But the word that God has said to me is year two is about to be even better. And I can't wait. And so my job, I believe, is to share with us the vision that God has given us and where we are going as a church as we enter into year two. So what we're going to do, we're going to be in Luke chapter five. And before we read the verse, um, I'll, I'll kind of set a little backdrop. Luke chapter five, this is a story all about Jesus. And the reason that uh, we're going to talk about Jesus is because anyone who here, if you call Kingdom Church home, you are part of the body that is Christ. We are literally the body. That's what the Bible tells us. But as, as great as the body is, you got the hands and, and the feet and all this cool stuff. The Bible tells us that Christ, that Jesus is the head. That means he's in charge. And so as we look to God for vision in this next year, we want to take it straight from the words of Jesus, straight from the life of Jesus, because he is the head and he's about to lead us on a direction. So in Luke chapter five, we're going to look at what he says. And so um, really quickly, the verses that precede this, um, I'll let you know what was going on. Jesus just healed a paralyzed man. I said, Jesus just healed a paralyzed man. I need you to think about this for a second. Just think about someone paralyzed and Jesus heals them. And so that's what happened before this. And, and when Jesus healed this man, there was this large crowd, this large crowd of people that followed him. And, and Jesus's fame was sort of starting to rise. He was kind of getting that celebrity status. People were like, I, I need to just see Jesus. But where we pick up our verse today, Jesus has sort of retreated. The crowd was great, but now he's by himself. And in verse 27, it says this. It says, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. <clears throat> now there's a reason that I want to see this verse. You see, I think it's easy to get caught up in the hype, right? The verses before this was hype. There's crowds of people praising Jesus. Man, you're the best. You're the best. How'd you do that? Oh my gosh. There's these large crowds. And then when we get to Luke chapter five, verse 27, it sort of seems like things are on a downward. There's no crowd. There's not this great large group of people. It's just Jesus and Levi. But what I want us to notice is this. It says this. It says, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi. It was, just, it was just one person. He saw a tax collector named Levi. Now, we need to understand something, and we need to understand why Jesus and what he was doing here and why it was actually um, pretty risky what he was doing. Levi was a tax collector. And in these times, to be a tax collector, you were a despised person. You were someone that people did not like and they did not want to associate with. 
Reason being, tax collectors were often Jews and they worked for the Roman government. And oftentimes tax collectors were corrupt and they were crooked and they were thieves and they were sinners. And so the Roman people, they didn't really care for them. They were just a means to the end. And Jewish people, they saw them as traitors to their fellow people. You're helping the Romans? You're a Jew. And so no one really liked these people. And so they got branded as sinners and tax collectors. They don't even have names, they're just tax collectors. And so Jesus here in this story, he goes out of his way. I need us to see this. He goes out of his way. He leaves the crowd for one person, Levi. It says Jesus saw a tax collector. Doesn't say Jesus saw the tax collectors. It says he saw a tax collector named Levi. All of this, this could literally, if there were people who saw this, they would say, Jesus, what are you doing? Jesus, you're going to ruin your reputation. But Jesus does this all for Levi. And listen, friends, I'm going somewhere because I'm about to share with us the vision for Kingdom Church this year. It's super simple. You see, Jesus in this story, in the heart of Jesus, and where we want to be as a church, Jesus is always about the one. Jesus is for the one. Now listen to this. Here is the vision for Kingdom Church for this next year. We are all about the one. We're going to be for the one. And listen, you guys aren't clapping your hands. You will in a second. <laughs> you see, it's funny because um, a few weeks back, I was, I was just writing in my journal. I was praying, and I started writing goals for the church, things I want to see God do in the next year. And one of the things I said in my goals, I said, um, I want our team to grow, and I put a number of what I want our team to get to, and I said, I want our church to grow. I said, God, my goal for this next year is to get 100 people, over 100 people consistently week in and week out. That's my goal for Kingdom Church. A little while after this, um, I, I stumbled upon this sermon, uh, and it was a sermon by a pastor named Mike Todd, and it's called Crazy Faith. And anyone else in that sermon? Yeah. My gosh. And, and, and it's weird because I started listening to it, and I kind of turned it off, and then I had a friend who lives far away. He texted me. And he was like, hey, you need to listen to this sermon. And I was like, I started it yesterday. And he's like, you got to finish it and you got to watch it. And I was like, I'm going to listen to it. He's like, no, you got to watch it. And so I watched it. And in this sermon, uh, his main point is this. He says, what people call crazy in one season, they'll call faith in the next. Listen to this. What people call crazy in one season, they'll call faith in the next. It's just so good. And honestly, listen to that sermon. It'll increase your faith. But as I finished that sermon, I felt the Lord speak to me. And the Lord said something to my heart. He said, Harrison, you know that goal you had of over 100 people? He said, that's not crazy. He said, that's not crazy. He said, you can do that. I know you can do that. But that's not crazy. And so then I kind of sat down and I'm like, okay. I'm like, Lord, what you want? Like Vision Saturday is coming up. You want me to say 200? You want me to say three, 500, 1,000? Like, God, what you want? I'm going to come to you and you tell me what's going to happen. Silence. It's like radio silence. And y'all ever been there? Like, God, what's next? And so I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, God, what do you want me to say that's crazy? Like, I want to share something on Vision Saturday that people stand up and clap their hands and they're like, yes, praise the Lord, we're going to get there. I want to share that. Yeah. Silence. <laughs> this last weekend, Monday, I was painting, 
I was painting the twins' nursery. Uh, I say twins because my wife is pregnant with twins. Come on, somebody. So I know for a fact the church is at least getting two new people next year. So like, whatever you guys do, I'm bringing people. I put in work for those two. So I'm painting the nursery, and uh, I'm painting the nursery with my good friend Tito. And Tito, you guys can't see him right now because him and his wife uh, are in kids, and they're just people of God, and they sacrifice for your children in there, and they're making a difference, they're making an eternal difference. And uh, he's so good, he'll paint on, he'll, he'll do kids on Saturday, and he'll come paint my house on Monday with me. I'm not paying him anything. We barely gave him lunch. <laughs> But he's just one of the, the best people you'll ever meet. And we're painting my room, we're painting uh, the twins' nursery, and uh, he's just asking me questions. And, and he asks me a question. He says, Harrison, he said, why did God call you to plant this church? Now listen, I've, in the last year and a half, I've answered a lot of questions. Like, Harrison, why did you plant a church? What's the church going to look like? But no one has ever asked me, why did God choose you? And so... I didn't take offense to it, but I, I sort of thought for a second, and I wanted to be really thoughtful with my response because I've never had that question posed to me before. And so we're painting, so we got time. And so I just started thinking, and, and, and it's weird because in that moment, I, I just kind of thought back over the last year, and there's been so many cool things that happened at this church. There's been just great events, and, and we had our launch, and we had Easter, and we had that time we all gave, and it's just all these things, but it was so weird. In that moment, he asked me that question, and all I could see was Josh. You guys are like, who's Josh? Josh is in the front row right here. Look at this guy right here. Man. All, all I could see was Josh in my head, and it was so weird. And, and so I began to think back of when I met Josh. I met him about a year, year and a half ago. And when I first met him, he, he's a lot different now than he was then. I remember after we kind of first met him, like when Christy and I were talking, we we're like, I don't know if Josh is really down for this. Like, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't know if like that's really where he's at. I think this is going to be a long journey. Like we might not see Josh here for a while. But literally in the span of like weeks, God started changing his life. Within a matter of weeks, Josh joined our team. And Josh, man, let me tell you about Josh real quick, because I told him I was going to talk about him. <laughs> like, he, he joins our team. All these chairs you guys are sitting, how it's set up, Josh did that with the rest of our setup people. And I'm talking about Josh right now. <laughs> he was here two weeks ago. He was sweating because he was so sick. He had a fever. He was sweating, and it wasn't because the chairs are heavy, because he was sick, but he was here, and he was, and he was putting chairs in, and Josh joined our team, and I saw God begin to move in his life, and then Josh joined my small group, and week after week, I, I could just begin to see the Lord change his life, and I'm not even sure if he sees it, but I see it, and so in this moment, the, the, the Tito asked me this question, why did God call you to start this church? I said to him, I said, God called me to plant this church for Josh. It was nothing else. I didn't see a crowd. I didn't see, I just saw Josh. And then listen to this. After that, I just, I began to see, to, to see more faces. And I, and I looked at Tito in the eyes and I said, Tito, can I ask you a question? He's like, yeah. I was like, would you say that in this last year, you are closer to God in your walk than you've ever been? And sometimes I ask questions, I already know the answers. And he says, yes, without a doubt. And I said, Tito, God called me to start a church for you. It was for you. It was for you. Listen to this. 
Because it's easy. I wanted to come up here and say, man, like, this is what the vision is. It's it's for hundreds. It's for thousands. But God said, no, no, no. It's for one. It's all about the one. You see, Jesus goes out of his way for the one. He doesn't, Jesus doesn't see crowds. He doesn't see large groups of people. He sees individuals. He sees the one. Listen, in a few weeks, we're going to share just exactly how faithful God's been. We're going to tell you about all the decisions in the last year that God has, that people have made for Jesus in this church. And it's been awesome. And I'll just give you a little, like, little, it's been over 100 people that made decisions for Jesus. But for us, it's just a number. For Jesus, he sees each and every individual. Because he's all about the one. And so listen, this is where I'm going with this. What is our vision? What is going to happen for the next year? God is saying we are going to be a church that is all about the one. I told you to clap your hands. But here's the beauty of it. And I'm going to tell you why it's crazy. You see, when I say something, I come up here, I could say to you guys, man, in the next year, we're going to have 200 people by this time next year. And if we did that, everyone kind of claps and gets hyped up. But at the end of the day, it also absolves us of all responsibility. Because it's like someone's going to do it. But here's our vision. I'm going to break it down super simple. In the next year, if you call Kingdom Church home, if you don't call Kingdom Church home, we love you. We want you to call it home. But if you call Kingdom Church home, in the next year, our vision is that each and every single one of you would have one story. That's our vision. Each and every one of you would have one story. Because listen, I can come up here, I'll tell you about Josh. And the reason I talk about about Josh, talk about Josh is because in this last year, I've walked with him personally. And we're good friends and I see him all the time. And it's amazing to hear the stories of faith, but you know what's better than hearing about stories of faith? It's experiencing them. It's walking with people. It's walking with people and saying, oh my gosh, you would not believe. You couldn't believe them last year. But I just, I invited them to church once and I started walking with them and now they're my story. This is my, listen, I say this all the time. I say to people, I say, we love y'all if you come here. But until you bring someone that does not know Jesus, family member or friend, you don't get kingdom church. You don't get it. You may enjoy it. Of course you're gonna enjoy it. Mateo, Sydney, Noah, Drell. Of course you're gonna enjoy it, but you don't get it. It's only until that moment you bring someone that's never experienced Jesus. It's that person in your life was like, I don't even think they like God because they got this picture of him. It's not until that moment when they're sitting next to you, you're like, oh my gosh, I get Kingdom Church. I get why everyone's so friendly. I get why they serve coffee. I get why they speak a language we can understand. I get why the pastor's not wearing a suit. I get it. But if you've never done that, you still haven't experienced Kingdom Church. And so our goal for the next year is that every single person will begin to have a story of God's faithfulness, of how God took someone, of how you wouldn't believe what they were like when I first met them. You couldn't believe it, but God. Someone say, but God. But God intervened. And here's the beauty of it. When we begin to do that, when we begin to be about the one, God multiplies. Now listen, you're saying, wait, Harrison, isn't that just addition? Just plus one? Let me show you something. Luke chapter five. Jesus goes out of his way for Levi. 
And in verse 29, it says this. It says, Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. You see that? You see, Jesus, when he goes out of his way for the one, Levi then is like, oh my gosh, I've experienced the grace of Jesus. I've experienced the goodness of Jesus. I need to tell somebody else. I need, to, I need someone to experience what I've experienced. I need someone to go on the journey that I've been on. And all of a sudden, there's this party of people that you would not believe would be in the same presence of Jesus. But they're there. It's, it's for the one. Now listen to this. For some of us, it's like, well, what does my one look like? I love Jesus. Because Jesus was not afraid. He wasn't afraid of what people were going to say. The Bible tells us that Jesus had a reputation as a drunkard and a glutton. Jesus was neither of these things. But all that tells me is that Jesus was willing to go to places where people might say, oh my gosh, what is this guy doing? But Jesus wasn't worried because he's like, man, I got the one. I got one. And I can almost imagine, like when, I, when, I, when we go to, to talk to Jesus one day, I can almost imagine, it's like, Jesus, why'd you come to earth? And I can picture Jesus' response. He'd be like, I came here. I came for Levi. That's why I came. I came for Harrison. That's why I came for you. I came for the, for the one. Jesus was not afraid to go to the deepest, darkest places. He wasn't afraid of his reputation because he knew, hey, there is nothing better than a life with Jesus. There's nothing better than, than the freedom and just the goodness and the grace of God. There's nothing better. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to do whatever it takes. But look at this. It says the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was never afraid to do something crazy if it meant that he was going to bring people to Jesus. He was never afraid to do something where people would look at him and say, you are crazy. What are you, what are you doing? Here's the second part of our Vision Saturday. And I, I forgot to say, I've got some exciting things to tell you. I'm going to tell you in a second. Here's the second part. We're all about the one. We're for the one. But in order for us to get the one, what this means is we are going to go for it. We're going for it. There's different ways you could say this. We're not going to be afraid. We're not going to be afraid to do something crazy. We're not going to be afraid to go to a place or to go to a person that someone has forsaken. We're not going to be afraid. We're going for it. Because I'm going to do whatever I can for the one. Now listen. One thing I believe to be true, one thing I've seen in my life, when you go for it, when you do things that are crazy, God meets you in the midst of crazy. But unless you do it, you'll never be able to experience it. Let me, let me explain it like this. In order to start this church, um, I quit my job. I was in full-time ministry, full-time salary, benefits, retirement plan. They would have paid for me to go to school. Come on. <laughs> but I felt the Lord say, your time there is done. From the outside, it seemed crazy. From the inside, it seemed crazy. And there's people that still don't get it, people that will never get it, but that's okay because God called me to it. But look at this, it's crazy. Last week, Pastor Ryan said something. He said, when we planted our church, 
He said, we didn't have like engaged church to walk beside us like we do, like we got what Kingdom Church does. And he was right in a sense, but I just want to clarify something in case people didn't know this. When I quit my job, I had no guarantee of engaged church. I quit my job and I said, God, whatever happens, happens. It wasn't until after, listen to this, it wasn't until after I took that leap of faith that Pastor Brett came alongside that we had this conversation and it was like, okay, we're doing this thing together. But had I never stepped out into faith, I could never experience God's faithfulness on the other side. Had I never gone for it, I never would have experienced it. But listen, one thing I say to myself, I hope I don't have to say it again. I said, I said, God, I don't want this to be the story I tell for the rest of my life. I don't want this to be the one big thing I do. God, I want stories of your faithfulness time and time and time and time again. Yeah. And so listen, I got something super excited to tell you that we're doing this next year. We're going for it, somebody. Yeah. So December 22nd, what we're doing here at Kingdom Church, we have decided to rent the Arden Theater in St. Albert, and we are putting on a Christmas program that we are dubbing Christmas in St. Albert. Yeah. We're, we're believing in faith that this is going to become the Christmas program in St. Albert. Yeah. I said this is going to become the Christmas program in St. Albert. We're going to go into a theater where it's not known for church. It's not known for God. Sometimes they got things in there that oppose God. But we're going to go into this space, and we're going to proclaim the name of Jesus. We're going to do it for the one, and we're going to see people come to Jesus. We're going to say people come to faith. And so, okay, I just need to break it down, because some of you guys are like, I don't know what's crazy about a theater. <laughs> I went to the Arden Theater a few weeks back. I told our team this. And uh, I went there because I was feeling real spiritual. Like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to pray over this place. I'm going to pray over every seat. Like, come on, God, what's she going to do? So I went there, and I asked. I was like, hey, can I go into the theater? And they were like, no, you didn't book an appointment. And so I'm like, there goes my spiritual moment. But, I, but God brought me there for a reason. And uh, I went, and, and there's uh, just a, a blueprint of the Arden Theater when you walk into the, into the lobby. And on the, the blueprint, it says Arden Theater, St. Albert. It says maximum capacity, I think it was 567. And when I saw that, my stomach dropped. <laughs> like, you know that part where it's like, where did, that, where did my stomach land? It just, it dropped. And I had this feeling. I was like, oh my gosh. 500 people? Listen to this. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> But listen, we're a church that on average, like we're, that is literally 10 times the size of Kingdom Church. Yeah. Yeah. That, I said, that's 10 times the size of Kingdom Church. Yeah. But we're believing that God's going to meet us there. Yeah. One thing God spoke to me, he said, don't wait until you can see it to do it. Because when we're a church of like 500 people, to rent out a 500-person theater, there's no faith in that. That's just a new venue. To rent out a place from our 50, 60 people for 500, my gosh. But we're about to spread out and say, God, meet me there. God, you're about to do something in this place. God, you're about to make a difference. And, and literally for every, we're going for it. 
We're going for it. And the reason we're going for it is because we believe that there is one person that needs to see and experience Jesus on December 22nd. That's why we're doing it. It's for the one. And so I want to just encourage us this. For the one, for the one. We need to begin to do things that are crazy for the one. Listen, there's someone in your life, maybe, maybe the Lord's bringing a name to your head right now, and it's someone that maybe you've given up on. It's like that person could never experience Jesus. That person's been in church their whole life. They, they left. They're not coming back. That person is an atheist. They've never believed in God. What We need to begin to do something crazy. Listen, I, I believe this in my heart. The Lord's bringing someone to your house, right, to your mind right now. That's the person that God is called for. There we go. That's the one. I said, that's the one. You see, it's, it's, it's easy for us to look at someone safe. Well, I got a friend that goes to a different church. Anyone have that? Maybe I can get him to Kingdom Church. That's fine, but don't. If they're serving at their church and they're planted, amen. This church doesn't exist for other Christians. If they want to come here by God's grace, God brings them there, cool. But this year, that one person that God has on your mind, it's one person that everyone else has given up on. It's one person that you've given up on. It's one person that everyone will say you're crazy. She's into meditation. She's into yoga. She's into crystals. She hates God. This is the year. We're for the one. We're for the one. Look what Jesus says. He says, Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous. I'm not here for Christians. I'm here for sinners that know they need their life to be changed around. That's why Kingdom Church exists. That's why we're here. It's for the one. It's for the one. Listen, as God's about to do something in this place, I believe it wholeheartedly. We're about to see a miracle. We're about to see God's grace pour out in ways we've never experienced. But we have to keep the vision in front of us. We're here for the one. We're here for the one. Let's just stand up, church. We're going to close. We're going to sing a song in a second. But I believe this to be true. Sometimes it's not going to be in October. It's not going to be in December. There's a one right here right now. God brought one person here right now. He said, this message, this vision is good, but I'm here for you today. I'm here for the one today. So every head is bowed, every eye is closed. We're just going to give that one person the opportunity to respond. We do this every single week. But if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you say, I want to experience the Jesus that went out of his way for the despised, that went out of his way for the rejected, I want that Jesus in my life. If that's you this, this morning, maybe you've been in church, maybe you've never been in church, but you want to give your life to Jesus. All we're going to ask you to do is raise your hand. I'm going to count to three. It's not to embarrass you. It's not to call you out. It's just to give you a chance to respond. So I'm going to count to three. We're going to pray a prayer. What you're saying is, Harrison, count me in that prayer. I want to give my life to Jesus. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. In one, two, three. Just show me your hand. Hey, 
hey, thank you so much once again for listening to this message. We hope that message encouraged and inspired you. If you just stumbled upon this message or if you've been listening to it for a while, but you've never come to Kingdom Church, we want to encourage you. Head to our website, kingdomchurch.ca. You can plan a visit. You can get in contact with us. We want to see you. We want to connect with you. We can't wait to meet you. We'll see you soon.